are able. You are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. So, Father, oh God, every distraction, every everything that is occupying the space in the life, in the minds and in the lives of your people, that is not of you. Begin to remove it right now. We pray, oh God. Oh God, I pray, oh God, for those that are experiencing confusion in their minds and they 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 they're halting between different opinions today. I pray, oh God, just give them a sound mind. Just give them a sound mind. I pray today, oh God, that I pray, oh God, we speak calm. We speak peace over their spirit. We speak peace over their mind. We speak peace over their emotions. Father, they will not be overwhelmed. In the name of Jesus, I declare today that the direction, the will of the Father will prevail. The will of God will prevail. The will of the Heavenly Father will prevail. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Oh God, have your way, 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 have your way. Oh God, break through, break through right now, break through God. Father, we take off all limits of you right now. We take off all limits of you right now. We cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We bring into captivity every thought and every plan of the evil one. We declare that this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice. We will be glad in it. I will say of the Lord, He's my refuge. I will say of the Lord, He's my strong tower. I will say of the Lord, He is the He is the great I am. We bless His name. We bless His name. Come on, right there where you are right now, you can begin to worship Him. Right there where you are, you can begin to experience an open heaven. You can experience oh God, just the power and the presence of God just beginning to minister to you. This is our desire. We take in this moment a part to begin to say, Lord, we want to engage with you. We want to engage with our master. We want to engage with our savior. We want to engage with him. Oh, to him who sits upon the throne. Be all glory, be all majesty, be all power, be all dominion forever and ever. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name. Have your way. Have your way. Have your way in this place this evening. In Jesus' name.
declaration that you take what the enemy has meant for evil and you turn it for good. When Joseph begins to make the announcement to his brothers that God has preserved it, he says, God has sent me before you to preserve life. In the mind of God, God has always got a way out. God has prepared a person. God has prepared an offering. He has prepared a lamb. Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth. He became the Passover lamb. So even as, as Joseph begins to reveal to his brothers, the journey may have been difficult. But it was worth it. I do not know what you have been going through to get to where you are. Some of you may be still in the journey. It took many phases in the life of, of Joseph. It took him being rejected from his brothers, thrown into a pit, sold as a slave, comes into Potiphar's house, wrongfully accused. He comes in and then he is put into prison. Even in the prison, the grace and the anointing of God was still upon his life. He was interpreting dreams. He was releasing prophetic mandates. Yet nothing in his life seemed to be working out. But there comes a day when the king has a dream. And no one is able to interpret it. He's remembered. Not only does he ascend to the throne and into the household of the, the palace, but God begins to exercise all that he has been developing in him. I want you to know that you, your gifts and your talents that have been shaped and been molded through various seasons in your life, it took a, a long time before Joseph could come into that place where, the, where his wisdom would be received and deliverance will not only come to Egypt but to the family that that, that nation was, that was birthing in a household. The household of Jacob which would become a mighty nation. God was beginning to set one apart that will say through him will be the purposes of God will come to pass. So we pray today, bless to everyone that is feeling a little confused of the journey. For, in, for somebody that is feeling rejected today. For somebody that has been feeling, I'm getting this word from the Lord, but all it does is get me into more trouble. I'm saying to you, there's coming a day. There's coming a day. Where Joseph could stand before his brothers and say, God has sent me before you to preserve life. The journey of the one that goes before is often difficult. But tonight we pray, God bless your people, Lord. God bless the Josephs that broke through so that families and households can come into their blessing. Thank you, God, for those that you choose within households to carry the destiny of the household. I pray today, bless them. Let them not get weary. Let them not get tired. 
Let them understand that they are fulfilling the mandate of the Lord. So Lord, we bring your people before you today. We declare that you are God of our lives. We thank you for this moment. We thank you for this time that we could be alive and well on the earth. So help us to, to declare the goodness of our God in the land of the living. We ask this in Jesus' name. Bless us as we get into the study of your word. Speak, Lord. For we, your servants, hear. And everybody said, Amen. 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 You may be seated. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Surely the Lord is good. Amen. And the Bible said, Taste of me and see that I am good. Amen. And so we, we, we're going to just go for a few moments into the word of the Lord. I've entitled this, uh, this teaching today, Kingdom Citizenship. And, and it's really, we started out on just a few principles last week on, uh, on the sharing about, uh, uh, about the kingdom of God. And, and uh, the, the statement that was made by Nebuchadnezzar, when he saw it, he said, I, I raised my eyes towards heaven and my sanity was restored. I praise the Most High. I honor and glorify Him who lives forever. His dominion is eternal. His kingdom endures from generation to generation. Amen. That's in Daniel, Daniel chapter 4, verse 34 and 35. But I want to continue a little bit on the teaching of understanding this kingdom of God. We've, we've all, all said the, Lord, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. It often intrigued me about what this kingdom is going to look like. But always, I still believe this kingdom is still being formed on the earth. But I want us to understand who we are as kingdom citizens. Because there are some responsibilities, there are some rights, there are some privileges. There's some opportunities that we have as being kingdom citizens that is, that is connected to our citizenship. Now, if you have your Bibles, let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly wait for our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform our lowly body that is to be transformed into his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. Amen. He says, for our citizenship is of heaven. Amen. So this is very important for us to understand. Citizenship in the kingdom is not a right but a privilege and it is at the pleasure of the king himself that we get the opportunity to serve within the kingdom amen now it's, it's something that is very important for us to understand the the bible says his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom so you've got an opportunity to be a part of a family of god of a body of Christ, of a, of, a of a people on the earth who are kingdom citizens and the kingdom is eternal. Now we've seen kingdoms rise and fall. 
And the strength of a kingdom rises and falls based on the leadership yeah. of the day. Yeah. And we've seen great leaders like Pompey and, and, and Alexander the Great. We've seen some mighty conquerors. Even in our, even in the, in the 20th century, we saw the Hitler of the day that almost conquered the, 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 the greater part of the world, the then known world. And, and, but the reality is, Everything rose and fell. But when Nebuchadnezzar, he's the king of Babylon, he even comes to the place where he acknowledges and he says, and his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Amen. And so I want you to understand that you're not a citizen of just any kingdom, but you're a citizen of an everlasting kingdom. That means... Your citizenship is not transferred, not, not moved from one person to another, to a new captain. Your citizenship remains in, 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 intact in him who is unchangeable. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. To him that is forever and ever. To the only wise God. Amen. That's what the scripture says. Our citizenship is in him. Citizens are chosen by the king and are beneficiaries of the king's pleasure and promises. Now, uh, one of these, these thoughts, one of the, the teachers on, on kingdom citizenship is Miles Monroe, and he did much teachings on, on, on the kingdom. And there are many others that have done similar teachings over the years. But as I start to understand it, I start to realize that he has chosen us and not we have chosen him. He says, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. That means it tells you that you were chosen by birth. He says, I called you by name. Amen? The, 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 the very understanding of the word in, in, in Matthew, when, when, when Jesus comes to his disciples and he says, who do men say that I am? And, 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 and some said he was Jeremiah, and some said you are Elijah. But then he turned around to them and he says, but who do you say that I am? They're following him for some time now. And yet they are unable to tell him who he is. They can tell him who he is in relationship to, him, to them. But they never come to the place and says, who is the son of man? And then Peter comes in and he makes a statement, thou art the Christ. The son of the living God. Now I want you to understand this. Peter is making a declaration in, in those days when they spoke about thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. These are aspects the son of the living God was attributed to the Messiah. When they talk, when you look at him as being the Christ, it is attributed to the Messiah. The Jews were still believing the Messiah has not come. Peter is making a statement in that time that is confounding the, the belief system of the day. And he is saying, thou art the Christ. He's saying the Messiah has come. The Messiah is come in Jesus. And so he's, he's making a statement. And when the world is looking for the Messiah, when the world is saying the Messiah has still not yet come, I mean, 2,000 odd years later, the Jews, even till today, still doesn't believe that the Messiah has come. Yeah. I mean, imagine how reformative 
was it when Peter makes that statement in the hearing of the disciples, thou art the Christ. They, 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 we, we know Jesus is bringing a new teaching. We know Jesus is challenging the thought of the day. But, 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 but when, when, when Peter makes a statement, thou art the Christ, he's no longer just the rabbi. He's no longer just a good teacher. He's no longer just Lord and Master. He's not the, he, he, he comes in as the Messiah, as the Son of God. Not just the anointed one, but he is the Son of God. And in that moment, Jesus begins to turn to Peter and he says to him, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. That means he's saying to Peter, all of your, your teachings, all of your training in the Jewish law, all of your, your training through all of the, the reading of the various, the Torah did not reveal this to you. Flesh and blood did not tell this to you. Somebody didn't come to you and tell you maybe he is the Messiah. Maybe he is the Son of God. Nobody could come and reveal this to you. But in that moment, he begins to make an utterance that was changing the order of the day and establishing the principle, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's beginning to say, heaven come down, even in that moment. He was saying that that which is, is being is being revealed to you was well, as a citizen. You start in a moment. Peter was translated from just yeah. just a disciple, just an ordinary fisherman, just with ordinary training, and, and just being a Jew by birthright. But he is translated into one that he understands his kingdom citizenship. And in that moment, he becomes known as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And Jesus is, and upon this rock, referring to Peter, he says, Upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. What was this rock? He was saying, I'm going to build upon this confession that Peter is making an utterance that thou art the Christ. That is on which... The, the, the church, the ecclesia, the body of Christ, he says, and I will build my church. The church was known as the word church in the Greek word of it is ecclesia, which means basically the chosen out ones. Amen. So he's saying, I'm going to build my church upon this rock. And, and the church is the chosen ones. Now, in, in that time, it, was, it, it wasn't a strange language of using the word ecclesia because the ecclesia in those days amongst the Greeks was a political statement. It was a statement speaking about those that operated in governmental authority. So when he begins to say, I will build my church, God was saying, I'm building my government. Yes. Isaiah says, and, and upon his shoulders, the government will rest. Have you ever looked at, at, at Isaiah yeah. that says upon his shoulders the government will rest? What government? Later when he would make this, this statement to, to, to Peter and he says, I will give you the keys and whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He's coming to him and he says there's a governmental authority yes. that is coming upon you. That you no longer are operating just as, a, as, as somebody that is born of a certain culture group, 
but you are now becoming part of the governmental structure within this kingdom that God is establishing on the earth. And I want you to understand, as the children of God, as the children of God, there's a governmental anointing and authority that we begin to function in. That means part of our citizenship, there is an induction into this family. But not only this, uh, an induction, but there is an impartation of a governmental anointing over your life. So we find that this thinking of Ecclesia, chosen ones, was developed by the Greeks, later on mastered by the Romans. And it led to what would be regarded as later on a very democratic governmental system that they will develop around the concept of Ecclesia, which now today will find its, its manifestations in various countries, including ours, of having a dem democratic system. But it, it, it is far removed from its initial intent, which was then by the Greeks. But today, when God calls us the Ecclesia, is building with a people. God is building with a people. Yeah. Yeah. So I want you to understand, God is not building outside. That means whatever he wants to do in the earth, and if he's, as he's establishing, not if, as he's here, he is establishing his kingdom, he's establishing it through a people but a people that have now become citizens of heaven. Now, this is where, what he says in John 18, verse 36. And Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered unto the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. He is addressing Pilate. And he's speaking to Pilate. And he's saying to Pilate, there's a kingdom that is coming that is even greater than the Roman yeah. Empire. Yeah. 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 Amen. And he says this kingdom is not of this world. Amen. Amen. He says if it was of this world, then those that were with me would fight you. Yeah. So he's establishing and even in that moment he's addressing a fear that the then known government had, that Jesus was trying to take political power. He was not taking political power. He knew that there was an authority and a kingdom coming that was greater, that will, will, will outlive the Roman Empire, will outlive the, the then known laws and systems of the day. It, it's, a, it's a system that is the, as, as even as Nebuchadnezzar saw, he says it goes from generation to generation. So I want you to talk, understand that this kingdom that we are a part of is an everlasting kingdom. And, and firstly, we understand it's not of this world. Then in John 8, 23, he says, And he said to them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Amen. Then he goes on in John 17 verse 16 and says, They are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. If you are a kingdom citizen, you have to come to the place where you understand that I do not operate on the worldly system. 
That means the level of thinking, the, my level of operating, my value system is not the value system of the world. If, if, if Christians yeah. would have an understanding that our value system is not the value system of the world, we will stop trying to use the world yeah. system yeah. to justify yeah. our failings yes. and our inadequacies yeah. and our times when we are just doing things out of the will of the Lord. We will come to the place where we will function under the understanding that we are kingdom citizens yes. and our father is the, our, our king and he judges over all things and he's asking me all to do is to be an exact representative of him and, uh, and learn how to function like him on the earth. So we have to understand the citizenship requires a higher standard of living. Jesus would later come and, and, and he'll talk to his disciples. He'll say, and he says, and the law says this, but I say. The law says, forgive seven times. I say, forgive 70 times seven. It's not about the number. It's not about forgiving 490. And, and if you go and understand, the law, the law said you forgive seven times in a day. Jesus is saying, give, forgive 490 times in a day, not in a lifetime. <laughs> not in a month. Yeah. Not in a year. Yeah. Not in a generation, 40 years. He's saying, forgive 490 times a day. I, I haven't ever gotten to that time, that amount of times to forgive in a day. I didn't even get to that which was the law. Some of us haven't forgiven. I haven't forgiven more than seven times in a day. Is it? I don't think anyone required any forgiveness from me more than seven times. But I want you to understand. Jesus was saying, he, he, he was going on to say, he says, he says, the Lord says, thou shalt not kill. He, he says, but I say, even if you thought, murderous thoughts. Come on. You've yes. yeah. Now he's bringing in a new standard of living. Yeah. Yeah. This he measures, he's bringing in a whole lot of things, and he's saying, "Yes, the law." He said, "And understand this, because later on he comes and says, in that which the law, because the law was not perfect, because the law was was maintained and sustained by man, but it took Christ dying on the cross." To come and redeem us from out of, from under the curse of sin, under the curse of the law. So I want you to understand as kingdom citizens, you have been forgiven and you have been redeemed from under the curse of the law. Now I'm not saying that the law no longer exists. He says, I did not come to abolish the law. But I've come so that the law may be fulfilled. Amen. I want you to understand, thou shalt not kill is not taken out of the scriptures because if you're a New Testament believer. Yeah. Thou shalt not commit adultery is not taken out yeah. of the scriptures yeah. because you're a New, a New Testament believer. Yeah. Thou shalt not steal is not taken out of the scriptures. Even if you're stealing someone else's donut, <laughs> it, it is not taken out of the scriptures. Amen. If you if, if I ate my packet of chips and I left a little bit and you came and took it, it thou shalt not steal. 
Amen. Thou shalt not kill. Jesus was coming in and he was saying there's a higher standard of living of those that are kingdom citizens. Yes. Because you are not of this world. Yes. The law was, was developed to help man after the fall of man to be able to be sustained on how to live in the earth. But now he says, now the kingdom come. Oh, when you come into that understanding, there is a higher authority for you. Amen. Now, people misunderstand being an ambassador. You know, we know we all have ambassadors and every country has an ambassador. An ambassador is one that represents their country in another country, right? And, and so in that, they have diplomatic immunity. So that means they means that they can only be judged by the laws of the land that they represent, although they are in another country. Yeah. So if they committed a crime in another country, they have to be taken back to their country yeah. and judged for that crime. Yeah. Right? Amen. So if we are kingdom, if we are ambassadors, that means we are not of this world. We are our citizenship is of heaven. That means God should be able to extract us. From where we are living, take us to that place where he judges us as citizens of heaven. You see, the thing about it is that ambassadorship meant that you should not be in the main thing, you should not even be a criminal. But all they're saying is that you'll be judged by the laws of the country you belong to. And even the ground where the embassy is becomes the sovereign territory of the, of the land that you represent. So that means that the United States Embassy in Pretoria is actually American land, but on South African soil. If we understand it, then we understand that the church is kingdom of heaven on the earth, sovereign soil. And we're operating under the kingdom, the laws of the kingdom of heaven now applies. Yeah. If you understand this, then we as, as kingdom citizens, we need to really look at how we are functioning. Yes. Yes. That means everything we're doing, when we are in this space, in this vicinity, that means that the home that you reside in becomes property of the kingdom of heaven. Yes. So you don't do... If you think the church is just the kingdom of heaven on the earth, a piece of ground, and you would not drink, or you would not smoke, or you would not curse, or you would not use foul language, yeah. Now transfer that to your house. When you're residing in, that still carries that principle. Carry it wherever you go. You are introduced as an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. 
You are introduced at your workplace as an ambassador of the king of heaven. The, the ambassador has no authority in himself except that which has been entrusted to him. It's not, it's not you. Ambassadors can change. You can recall somebody and, 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 and delegate and, and, and send somebody else in their position. It's the office that you're occupying that begins to give you certain rights and responsibilities, gives you certain opportunities for you to function. And if you, when you execute it well, you'll be remembered. But if you don't execute it well, you'll be recalled. The challenge is that Jesus is saying, you are from beneath, I am from above. You are in this world, I am not of this world. He's, he, he's dealing with the people of that day. But then he comes in in John 17. And remember, John 17 is this prayer. And, and if, if more than anything else, John 17 could be referred to as the Lord's Prayer. Because more than anything else, remember, uh, the disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. John taught his disciples how to pray, teach us how to pray. So if, you, if anything, you could call that the disciples' prayer. But, but, but in John 17, Jesus is talking directly to the Father. And he's saying to the Father, now uh, I've done everything that you've sent me to do. Now glorify yourself in me. Yes. And then he goes on to define and he says, these that you have given me. Remember the citizenship is not you choosing the king but the king choosing you. Yeah. Understanding democratic systems today tries to choose the king yeah. that is sitting over them. But in a year we are having the king of kings that have chosen us to be his citizens. Yeah. I mean, even today, uh, even a few weeks ago, they were making a decision on which will be the next king of the, of, of the Zulu kingdom to, to represent, and a democratic system yeah. crept in. I mean, the reality is even our, our, our president is elected by the people. Yeah. But when you are selected by the king himself, that means when you understand, uh, if any of you ever watched, uh, I, I watched the whole whole series of The Crown, and I, I, and for the first time I got, and I was always intrigued with the royal family in England. Uh, maybe it's a little bit colonial inside of me, but but I, but I was intrigued as how they function. But the major part of it is that as they function, you found that no one appoint, no one, uh, uh, no one basically votes the next monarch into position. By birthright, they become that. I want you to understand, as you come into the kingdom, it's by royal birth that you have come into the kingdom. That there are certain royal privileges of the kingdom and benefits that the king affords the citizens. As they serve, even within the kingdom, there are certain blessings. Now, this is the blessing in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 to, and 34. It says, but seek first the kingdom of, of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. 
So he's coming to you and he's saying, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. So uh, what's the privilege of the kingdom? The privilege of the kingdom is that I must seek first the kingdom. Yes. I must execute that which God, uh, uh, the mandate that God has given me. And as I execute it, everything that I need for fulfilling the mandate that God has given me will be mine. Yeah. Now it seems like a simple statement and I'm going to say it again. As I fulfill my kingdom mandate, everything that I need to fulfill the mandate will be given to me. Yeah. Let me say it again. When you fulfill your mandate, your kingdom mandate, everything you need yes. to fulfill yes. your kingdom mandate yes. is being, has been given to you. Amen. But the reality is that if you are not about your kingdom yeah. mandate, yeah. why are you expecting resources yeah. for what you are not doing? Yes. So in the kingdom, the king only resources those that are fulfilling the mandate for which they are called. Now, I, I want you to understand this because in your spiritual life, this is not about just being born, growing up, hoping that you make it to heaven before you close your eyes. This is about occupy till I come. That means be busy. Till I come. That means don't sit there waiting and say, Lord, I gave my heart to you. Now I'm making it mine. There's a mansion in heaven and everything. And, and there's nothing wrong with, 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 with believing what God, what God has in store for you. But the reality is, what are you doing? What are you going to begin to lay at his feet? What are you going to begin to say, now, Lord... Through my life, the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdoms of my God and his Christ. But well, how have I been a part of fulfilling yeah. the kingdom mandate? Yeah. Amen. So then he goes on and he says in Philippians 4.19, And my God shall supply all your needs according to the, his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. But the kingdom functions on a set of rules and principles. This is the standard conduct established by the king for his behavior and for the behavior of the citizens. This is also the expectation of the king of the values and the moral standards that citizens must adhere to. We call it a code of ethics. You join a company, they tell you this is our code of ethics or this is our value system. It becomes the foundation of the kingdom culture. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, no extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And some uh, and such were some of you. But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So he said, Yes, 
You were all this. But now that you washed in the blood of Jesus, now that you have been sanctified, now that you have been justified, now that you are a citizen of heaven, you cannot hold on to the old ideas. Yeah. Amen? That means Christians should not be talking about the good old days. Yeah. Yeah. The good old days when you're unsaved and all of the unsaved things you did, not the good old days. You are a new creation in Christ. Amen. You are a citizen of a new kingdom. understand you have been redeemed washed in the blood what the bible says your sins have been washed away your sins don't wear like scarlet has become white as snow it was red as crimson god has said i have blotted out your iniquities and your transgressions from you if god took a razor and he erased it what, you think he was using a magic pen <laughs> now you need to put a black light and say good old days it's in the background. No, 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 no. When he erased it, he took it away. Amen. Yeah. Completely. Amen. You are completely delivered. Now, I want you to understand this. We were talking a little earlier about laws. Now, understand. Laws, you know, when I, when, when, when I grew up, I thought that, you know, law, the law was such a big thing. You know, the law, you, you know, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't change it, you couldn't. The more you begin to understand, what is a law? Basically, a law is a set of beliefs that the society has determined in their common understanding to be right. Yeah. Yeah. That becomes law, mm -hmm. right? So it was a set of beliefs that was developed out of a society and a community's belief system that now becomes a standard by which they judge everything. Okay. The challenge is that if man set it up, man can break it down. And what we are seeing in the present day is the laws of, that have been standing for years and years. The laws that define marriage. Even in our country, it has been redefined. Because society has said yeah. that is no longer the acceptable yeah. norm. Yeah. Yeah. This is now the norm. Yeah. That's, why the, that's why Jesus says the law in itself that was unable to save man because it was, it was, it was given and it, de it depended on unsaved, un unsanctified, unreconciled men, unrighteous men that were trying to maintain this law. He says, therefore, it took Jesus going to the cross to restore us. I want us to understand today, much of what we are facing today in our society, you know our laws are not really changed by parliament. Our laws is changed in the courts. Gay and lesbian and rights was won in the court. The court then passed a, 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 a law that said now this is how the law should read. 
marriages, the act. There was a court case that was won that now informed that now we have to begin to change what we are doing. I want you to understand every day there are court cases being fought that is going to affect the world that we live in and the laws by which we live. And it's been redefined by not people that are sanctified. That means that judge that is sitting over that court case has the power to change something that has been in place for thousands of years. Maybe because he had an influence of his own. Because the Bible says that the law, if it is dependent on human beings, it's fallible. Because human beings are fallible. We are prone to make a mistake. Come on. You know this. As a mother and as a father, you know what is right and wrong. But let your child break that right and wrong. Your, your sense of right and wrong begins to change into gray areas. Yeah, yeah. And you start to redefine it because of your relationship with your child and the emotion that is attached to it, you will re redefine it. Yeah. If, imagine how many others that are sitting as judges over seats mm -hmm. and cases, how much of their own influence yeah. is in mm -hmm. Kingdom citizens operate under a kingdom. It's everlasting. Principles are eternal. There are eternal principles at play in the kingdom that we are part of. And it doesn't change because we're a little bit more modern now. We don't have to go and cut the tree, get the wood, make the fire. Make, you can turn the microwave on and it can take a piece of steak and in 20 minutes later, can be ready to be consumed. Is it? We live in a world where things are changing and adapting. But we have to understand the principles of the kingdom. He says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. You're a kingdom citizen, amen. Live like one. Function like one. We're going to deal with it a little bit next week as well. Let's just bow our heads. Father, we love you. Thank you. We adore you. We glorify you. We yes. honor you. Father, get a, give us a glimpse. Give us a revelation. Give us a revelation of who you are and what you are doing on the earth. And so we pray today, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Help us, O oh God, as kingdom citizens, not just to occupy space, but to represent the will and the mandate of our Father here on the earth. That the moment will come when you will come like the master when he returned and he came and looked at the talents of his servant. And when the one says, you've given me five and I've got five more, he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. The only accolade, the only salutation that we anticipate from a returning God is well done, my good and faithful servant. So Father, I pray, help us. We don't know all those things. There are still things, oh God, that has eluded our minds. And, but help us, Lord, to understand 
how to function on the end. In Jesus' name.